How we doing? I am your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob. Welcome to Station B.O.B. And let me tell you a little about thee. I am a kid from a Harlem hood who turned out good. I got educated like I should. Now I know how to help you grow to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. With that said, I am here to provide you with some clarity associated with the perplexity of the challenges in your life, love, and work. So, without further ado, let's get down on it. Enjoy the show. Okay, how we doing? Welcome to Station B.O.B., where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. I'm your host, Dr. Rob. I'm happy to be with you today as I look at this as a momentous day, as this is my first official podcast. And as you know, or or will come to know, my podcast will be about very important life topics concerning relationships, issues at work, how to manage employees better, how to deal with difficult employees, how to address uh, personality conflicts at work, how to handle rejection, just a wide array of subjects that I think will be relevant and important to your life that don't necessarily come up on talk shows or any other place unless you Google the topic. Station B.O.B. is that place for you to come to learn about so many important life-changing issues. And so today, we're going to start the show with one of my favorite topics, emotional intelligence. And we're going to learn about why emotional intelligence is so important to you and what it means to be emotional intelligence. And so you might wonder, how did I come to tell you or to know about emotional intelligence where I can speak to you about it? Well, I'm an author of three self-help relationship books. I've, I've researched the subject intensely, and I have a passion for the subject And I think when we're done today, you'll understand why I would like to kick off my podcast with the topic of emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence and you, why is it so important? Simply stated, our emotions are the engines in our bodies that drive the way we make decisions. They drive, they stimulate the way we feel. In other words, when you feel good, you see life in a brighter manner. When you feel bad, you see life differently. There's sort of of a not-so-positive perspective or outlook on things. And all of these emotions can be managed. However, not many of us are aware that we can and should manage our emotions. 
And before I get started, I want to just share with you a poem that I think speaks directly to the subject of emotional intelligence, but more so the importance of you understanding that you can take control and should take control of your own thoughts. And that poem, the name of the the title of the poem is Time Somebody Told Me. Time somebody told me that I am lovely, good and real, that I am beautiful inside. If they only knew how that would make me feel. Time somebody told me that my mind is quick, sharp and full of wit, that I should keep on trying and never quit. Time somebody told me how they loved and needed me, how my smile is filled with hope and my spirits set them free. How my eyes shine full of light. How good they feel when they hug me tight. Time somebody told me. So I had a talk with myself. Just me. Nobody else. Because it was time somebody told me. And I think it's important for you to, to come away from this poem with the understanding that you are in charge of your thoughts and it's important for you to start developing a mindset where you understand that you can take control of your thoughts. See, the key is for us to understand that in order to manage our feelings, we must speak to our feelings. Many of us sit on the sidelines of our thoughts and and cheer on one negative thought after another until we get to a place that we just wind up not feeling good, not motivated, not stimulated. But in the midst of those thoughts and that type of thinking, you can take control of your thoughts. And I have, um, my mantra is take control of your thoughts because if you can change the way you think, you will change the way you feel. And if you change the way you feel, then you can change the way you think. So in other words, you are responsible. You can take control of the way you feel, the way you think, and ultimately you will see life in a brighter fashion, in a more positive fashion. Because see, our emotions if 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 our if we become overwhelmed with our emotions they they can shut down our our productivity so it's important to understand that your emotions should not control you you should control your emotions and how do you do that well you learn how to improve your emotional intelligence how you like that let me know let me know how you feel so far. Okay. Now, with that said, I'd like to share a poem. Actually, I, I would like to share two poems with you because here again, they further substantiate the point that I'm trying to make or I, I would like to make about The fact that you can take control of your thinking. 
See, as a social worker, I learned every day about the struggles of children, teenagers, adults with their issues and their emotions attached to them and how difficult it seemed to them to work through their respective quagmires. As I said, sometimes we sit by as cheerleaders and cheer on our negative thoughts until we get to a point where we're just feeling bad, and then that's all we're doing. But to speak to the, to the idea, as I mentioned, that you can take control of your thoughts, I wanted to share a quote with you from a famous indigenous leader, Sitting Bull. A.K.A., if you look at American history, he would be a famous Indian leader. But to be politically correct, we'll call him the leader, a leader of indigenous people. And Sitting Bull is famous for his uh, Custer, General Custer's last stand. That's a famous battle during the time in our history where the United States was trying to take the take over the country take the land from the indians and so sitting bull his quote was inside of me i have two dogs one is a mean and evil dog and the other is a good dog and they fight all the time and when asked which dog wins sitting bull stated the dog he feeds the most. And so what I get from that is Sitting Bull is saying that if he wants to feel mean and evil, then he will generate those type of thoughts that will lead to him feeling mean and evil. And if Sitting Bull wants to feel good and be nice to other people, then he will feed the good dog. And so here again, it, that, that speaks to the idea that you can take control of your thoughts. I don't care who you are, little boys and girls, grown men and women, old men and women. Uh, if you're on the LGBTQ spectrum, whoever you are. If you are in your right mind, you can take control of your thoughts. And one more quote I'd like to share with you before I move into the discussion about emotional intelligence. This quote is by a gentleman by the name of Horace Walpole. And Mr. Walpole says, life is a comedy for those who think and a tragedy for those who feel. Now, that is deep. That what Mr. Walpole is saying with that is when you think, you can get through your, your feelings and your emotions, and you're not bogged down by your feelings and emotions. When you, when you feel more than you think, then life is more dramatic, more intense, not as good, not as much fun. And so it's important for you to understand that you as an individual, if you are in your right mind, and hopefully you are, that you can take control of your thoughts. And my hope is that this discussion 
will be will behoove you because I think for many of us, in, including myself, there was a point where I allowed my thoughts to take me wherever they wanted to go until I got to a point after making some mistakes and having other life experiences that, no, I can take charge of my thoughts to generate positive thoughts that result in good feelings. It's important for you to understand that happiness is a choice. And before I go any further, I just want to hear hear a word from our sponsors, and I'll get back to you to continue the subject on the other side of this break. Have you read any good books lately? Your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob, is the author of three great books. In his first book, The Choices We Make, Robert takes a look at relationships to help readers learn how to have a good relationship with themselves before they can have good relationships with others. In his second book, Access Denied, Robert brings an eye-opening perspective about what happens to children and fathers when their relationships with the mothers of their children end on bad terms. Robert explores what he calls child pawn when a parent, usually the mother, uses a child as a weapon to hurt the other parent. Robert provides a let-go lab in his book to help parents find positive ways to resolve their issues in the best interest of their children. Light Up Your Life is Robert's latest book. Robert writes about the fact that we are all born with a special God-given talent. Even though we are all born with a special talent, most of us miss our true calling. In this book, you will learn how to find your special talent and light up your life so that you can become the person you were born to be and live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. Books are available at barnesandnobles.com, amazon.com, and Robert's website, relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and back to the show. Okay, welcome back. Now, my, my, my plan here... And at this point, I don't recall if I mentioned it, but I just want to make sure that I get this in, that I want to give you, the listener, the um, the the in-real-time effect or practice of emotional intelligence. And then I'm going to share with you the textbook version of emotional intelligence, just so you get an idea of all that goes into emotional intelligence. And so just to kind of summarize, um, I want to point out that you can take control of your thoughts by simply speaking to your feelings as you are in real time experiencing uh, the ups and downs of every day and in those moments in real time, you can stop and say, Hey, why do I feel like this? Why am I thinking like this? And you can intercept, you can arrest those negative thoughts, those negative feelings and replace them with positive thoughts and good feelings. Remember happiness is a choice. Choose happiness. Now, I'm going to move on to the so-called textbook version 
of emotional intelligence, just as I said, to kind of give you the the more broader version of what emotional intelligence is and hopefully to just kind of fine tune the points that I am trying to make in regards to this topic. Emotional intelligence and you. What is emotional intelligence and why is it important to you? By definition, emotional intelligence means to be intelligent with your emotions in order to regulate the ups and downs of your daily life experiences. Like in other words, instead of letting your feelings run amok in the midst of an emotional outbreak is to understand, hey, is this situation as bad as I'm making it? Did I, do I really understand what's happening? Can I stop and maybe resolve this without acting impulsively or, or, or anything like that that would not generate a positive outcome? There are five components of emotional intelligence. They are self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. With regard to the five components, people with good self-awareness understand their emotions and they're not ruled by their feelings. And that's the point that I just made in the midst of a, a, a serious situation. When you have good self-awareness, you, you can take control of your thoughts and instead of feeling, you know, you know, and, and, and overreacting, you slow down and you stop to think about what's happening so that you can resolve that particular issue in a more positive, amenable fashion. People who self-regulate do not make impulsive choices. In other words, you regulate your thinking. What's happening here? Hmm, I've seen this before. I can handle this. Slow down, think about what's happening, and then move forward accordingly. Like, for, for instance, in my own situation, you know, we all have problems that arise. But rarely, if ever, do I focus on the problem. I focus on the solution. Because the, the sooner you resolve the problem, the sooner you can get back to enjoying the rest of your day or enjoying what you were doing and put yourself back in the right frame of mind. Motivated people are productive and love a good challenge. See, to be emotionally intelligent, you know, you're motivated, you have good energy, you want to seek out things to do, take good risks, accomplish things. That's important. People who are empathetic understand and share the feelings of others. You know, empathy and sympathy are two different things. Sympathy is when you feel sorry, you feel bad for another, and you wish that there was something you can do. Empathy is when you can put yourself in the shoes of that person and understand where they're coming from, not only because you may have 
had the same experience, but you just open yourself to lend yourself to where the other person is coming from so that you can be more empathetic and understand and share the feelings of others. And people with social skills tend to be team players and they do not focus on their own success. Now, emotional intelligence affects pretty much every aspect of our lives. Like, for instance, there are benefits for emotional intelligence at work. Today, it's not enough for managers and staff to be smart. It behooves organizations to have a workforce with good emotional intelligence, people who can regulate their emotions and effectively handle the social complexities of work. You know, more and more you may have noticed in your own experiences that organizations now, um, they it's not so much about straight-up interviews, tell me about what you were doing in the past five years, where do you see yourself in the future. Now interviews consist of personality tests, online tests, because organizations are looking to see if they can recruit individuals with personalities that reflect and resemble people who can demonstrate some level of emotional intelligence. Like, for instance, let me give you an example of when a person does not have good emotional intelligence. Say you lose your job, you're fired, and you believe in your heart and mind that you were wrongfully terminated. Well, people who do not have good emotional intelligence, they go home and they get their firearm or their gun and they come back and they shoot everybody in the workplace. That is a case of poor emotional intelligence. People who have good emotional intelligence understand that Whatever has happened, they, it's a good idea that you accept some responsibility there so that they can learn from the mistakes that were made and then move on and find another job, find another girlfriend, find another place to live. Emotional intelligence, as I said early, earlier, spills over into every aspect of our lives. On the, on the, for example... On the other hand, when, when, when managers and staff have low emotional intelligence, they sometimes tend to sabotage their own efforts. They minimize endeavors to solve problems and alienate team members. I'm sure you've all had some type of experience where you have managers who yell and scream a lot. They don't tend to... Uh, be approachable or solve problems in, in, in a way that are considered win-win resolutions. When you have those type of experiences, those are real-life encounters with people who do not have good emotional intelligence. Now, I am not saying that people who don't have good emotional intelligence are bad people. That's not the point that I'm trying to make. The point that I'm trying to make is 
when you have good emotional intelligence, then you're a more reasonable person. You resolve problems. You don't tend to yell and scream and and throw things and, and kick chairs when things don't work your way. And it's important, as I will speak to this in a, in a couple of minutes, that you can improve your emotional intelligence. And when it comes to relationships, in relationships, people with good emotional intelligence engage in healthy relationships that include good communication and positive ways to solve conflict, okay? People with good emotional intelligence don't engage in intimate partner violence, People with good emotional intelligence find ways to communicate positively. Um, and I'm not saying that, that people with good emotional intelligence are, are perfect. What I'm saying is that if you are emotional intelligent or improve your emotional intelligence, you're just a more productive, you're more of a thinker, a problem solver, and you don't look to fight and argue. You look to resolve in meaningful ways and solve problems. And it, it, I think if you're listening to this podcast, I think you would, at this point in your life, you might see it as a good idea that uh, to understand the, that emotional intelligence is real and it's something that you should consider. Whereas, you know, staying on the subject with relationships, to the contrary, where individuals with low emotional intelligence, they usually do not perform well in relationships. They do not communicate well and they tend to lack control of their emotions. You know, that person that punches walls and kicks chairs and yells and screams and curses. Those are examples of, of individuals who do not have good emotional intelligence. And as you can see, Emotional intelligence comes into play at work. It comes into play uh, in your relationships. Emotional intelligence even comes into play with, with your life as a parent. With good emotional intelligence, parents can be smarter with their feelings. This helps parents to be more aware, make better choices, and be more purposeful in their parenting. And I'll give you a good example of being, being more purposeful in your parenting. I, well, my daughter, she's in college now, but when she was in high school and when she fell short of what she uh, was supposed to do, I didn't necessarily punish her. I did what I call corrective action. And with regard to more purposeful parenting, instead of saying, go to your room, you cannot watch TV and give me your cell phone. What I did for her is I had her read a book to select. She, she could select any one or two chapters in a book pertaining to black history in America. And I, and I wanted her to pick her own chapters because it would be easier for her to read if she read something she chose as opposed to something I told her to read. But not only did she have to read to learn about black history, because in the black community, as you some of us may be aware, we don't always promote and teach our history. And 
unfortunately, a lot of our history is so dark in terms of the way we were treated. Um, it may be hard for some of us to share that history, but there also is a lot of positive, uh, wonderful information in terms of the things we've created, invented, accomplished here in America as well. So not only would I have her read about black history, but she also had to do a two or three page essay and come up with five to 10 vocabulary words, new vocabulary words and use them in sentences. And so that's, that's an example of what I call purposeful, Parenting, And we're moving along in the subject, but before I continue, I have to step to the side so that we can have a word from our sponsor, and I'll continue on with this powerful topic of emotional intelligence on the other side of the break. Relationship Readiness Life and Work Preparedness Services, the place you come to for coaching, consulting, and counseling in life, love, and work. We are a multi-purpose service organization that will coach you up, educate, guide, and motivate you to succeed. We provide management training and consulting services for all businesses in the areas of employee relations, unionized employees, progressive discipline, the annual review process, and emotional intelligence to develop effective leaders for your organization. And our relationship counseling services for individuals, couples, groups show you how to become relationship ready with improved self-esteem, resilience, and self-awareness. To learn more about our programs and services, please contact Robert T. Gardner Jr. by email at changeagentrtg at gmail.com or request a meeting for a free one-hour consultation at relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and let's go back to Station B.O.B. Okay, thank you very much, and welcome back. So to continue on with the topic and discussion about emotional intelligence, we've talked about emotional intelligence and you at work, emotional intelligence uh, for you in relationships, the, the good and the bad of that. Now I'm going to talk on or touch on the topic of emotional intelligence and you. If your emotional intelligence is high, you may be more open to change. People with high EI tend to be more confident, more secure, and trust others. They tend to resolve conflict peacefully and regulate their emotions. What does it mean to regulate your emotions? It quite simply means as, as you experience the highs and lows, of every day that you keep things in perspective. You understand that some of these issues can be resolved. If you take the time to think about them as opposed to feel about them, I I think we need to learn how to think more and feel less. It's good to feel when you, you make a mistake or you, you do something to hurt somebody's feelings. You apologize. You feel, you know, at weddings and birthdays and funerals. But when you're going through ups and downs of everyday life, it's important to feel less and think more. You see, because if your emotional intelligence is low, you may get into lots of arguments, do not understand the feelings of others, and refuse to listen 
to other viewpoints. And people with low EI tend to blame others. Now, the good news is that you can improve your emotional intelligence. So this might be a good time for you to get a pen and paper just so that you can write down the the few tips that I'm going to share with you. And if you're unable to jot down these important tips, you can always Google, you know, something about emotional intelligence. What, I mean, just anything you need to know, as you know, you can Google, but you can also Google about or to learn more about emotional intelligence. So if you want to improve your emotional intelligence, First, observe how you react to people and do not rush to judgment, okay? You know, today everybody's saying, don't judge me, don't judge me. Well, it's important that you observe and understand how you react to people so that you can take a minute to assess what's happening and then maybe modify your approach to people or to that individual based on the circumstances, Excuse me, I'm just a little under the weather. Do you seek attention for your accomplishments? It is important to practice humility. So being humble is very important. You People see what, what you do. People see what we do. And sometimes it's good to talk about what you do. But other times you don't have to put that out there. If you're doing the right thing, you're doing good things People will see what you're doing, and they'll talk about it too. Do a self-evaluation. Take a look at yourself and see some of the good, some of the bad, and some of the indifferent things that you could be doing that you could improve. Be willing to work on yourself. There is no change for us as individuals unless we first acknowledge that we have some issues and then we take the steps to address those those issues. Examine how you react to stressful situations. That's important because we are always, as human beings, in stressful situations. Sometimes we're stuck in traffic. Sometimes we're stuck in long lines at Walmart. Sometimes our kids are not doing well in school. Sometimes we have too many pots on the stove. It's just there are times when life can be very stressful. And so in real time, when you are in those moments, examine how you react to stressful situations so that you can develop new ways to think and react and respond to those situations. Also, take responsibility for your actions. Don't blame others. There are times when we are involved in situations and somebody else may have played a bigger role in that scenario than you. But if it's involving another person, it takes two people to tango. And so it's important to understand that for your role in the situation, in the scenario, accept responsibility so that you can learn from your mistakes, so that you can grow and move on and settle that uh, dispute without too much fanfare. Another way to improve your emotional intelligence is examine how your actions affect others. Like in other words, if you come into a group of people who might be a little more subdued and you're loud and uh, boisterous and over the top like myself, 
take a look at what's happening and how you might have to so-called know your audience in order that you could um, have a smoother uh, experience, smoother transition in that particular scenario. And, and finally, as I mentioned earlier, you can Google about the subject of emotional intelligence. And so I would strongly recommend that you read reliable sources. And so we're coming to the end, about to wrap up uh, my first show. But I, I want you to consider this because, you know, in, in years past, it was important to have a high IQ, but, but things are changing now where schools are considering programs that, uh, include social, emotional learning, um, corporations, employers, small and large are looking at, uh, similar programs and activities because I think in society research is showing that we have other intelligence aside from our intellect. And there is a, a, a running question amongst scholars and researchers. Is it more important to have a high IQ, your intellectual quotient, or is it more important to have a high EQ? And I'm from the school of thought that I support the idea that it's more important to have a high EQ because, see, if you're smart and have a short temper and you're kicking and throwing and yelling and screaming, then your intelligence won't be applied in the appropriate fashion. But if you are a calmer, more subdued in terms of, uh, you know, demonstrating your feelings and you take the time to take the time, excuse me, to think about what's happening, then you usually will get a more positive, wholesome outcome. And with that said, that concludes our discussion on the topic of emotional intelligence. And before I wrap the show, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to my first podcast broadcast today. And What's, what is, what's today's date? Today is August 18th, 2021. And I just want to say that I have big plans for this podcast. We're going to do, we're going to have some guests on. We may do some, some audio presentations where you can see the show. I would, would hope that one day you'll be able to call into the show and get your questions answered. And, if you have any questions or would like to know more about me and the topic of emotional intelligence, please email me at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until the next time, I'll see you on the radio. As we wrap up this show, I hope this topic helped you to grow. And now you know a little bit more than you knew before. If you have any questions about this topic, please email me at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. See my website, relationshipreadiness.org. To learn more about my counseling, consulting, and educational programs related to life, love, and work. Finally, 
In the words of the late great reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., if I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody he is traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Until we meet again, do the right thing when nobody is looking. Peace, beloved.